This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Visit us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Shall the sword devour forever? This line in our lesson from 2 Samuel this morning was a plea to halt the first battle at the start of a bitter civil war in Israel. As our Old Testament lesson spoke of the crowning of two kings this morning, one against the other, and the crowning of Jesus through his procession on Palm Sunday into Jerusalem from Matthew's Gospel, we can look at these three and glean from them what we must learn on this Palm Sunday in this time that we live in. Usually the crowning of a king is an occasion that means a continuation of the kingdom from the previous king. Usually it's smooth sailing. In the lessons today of these three kings, all were ushered in as such on the verge of a great struggle as their kingdoms were contested from the outset by forces that wanted to bring them down. We all know nothing comes easy in our lives. In the midst of our own dire circumstances today, we know this to be especially true. On this Palm Sunday, let us look to how God and his grace is with us, even through our trials and adversities, as he was with David, and as Jesus ultimately did for all of us. Verses 1 through 7 opens our chapter with the first king crowned of the three, David in the aftermath of Saul's death in battle. Even though David had been anointed to replace King Saul years earlier, he still was careful and proceeding as we read in verse 1 where he said, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? Remember, David over the last year plus remained outside the promised land in exile amidst the Philistines. God answered by telling him to go to Judah to the city of Hebron. From here we read this in verse 4, And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Even though he was not made king of all the land yet, his first official act was to honor the men of Jabesh-Gilead for their role in defending the honor of Saul's body through recovering it and then preventing the Philistines from desecrating it further. If you know his first edict, his first act was not to shine light upon himself. He did not seek the praise Even though David was the Lord's anointed, he was not placed as the sole king of Israel initially. Much of what the Lord grants us as his people takes time to develop. It's not attained automatically, quickly. David, as we will see in the next section, had to contend with someone seeking to rob the throne from him. The second king crowned in our passages today occurs in verses 8 through 11 of 2 Samuel 2 with the commander of Saul's army, Abner, making a son of King Saul king of the rest of Israel. 
Ishbosheth. Abner and the army of Israel sought to make an end run, if you will, on God's anointed. Often worldly resistance to God's will uses secular methods to sell their case. Here it was done through bringing forth a legitimate son of Saul. In the minds of Israel, they were thinking as the nations around them with the natural born son as the heir apparent to the king. All the other sons of Saul, as we read, were killed in battle. Israel, as a majority, took this suggestion of Abner with the backing of the, of the army. They went with how things were supposed to go from a worldly perspective compared to the one that had been anointed by God himself in David. When submitting ourselves to God's word and his will as David was with the small minority of Israel with one tribe, they were standing against long odds in human eyes. Our lesson in Matthew today is just as bleak from a human-centered perspective. Jesus came to the city of Jerusalem upon a meek animal of burden, preparing to take his throne not by secular standards and means, but by the power of God through humble obedience and submission to his passion, suffering, and death for our sake. Meek and humble beginnings were the hallmarks of both David and Jesus on their way to ascending the throne. For us, Palm Sunday in normal years is a joyous service right before the rigors of Holy Week. For, us, for all of us this year, we're not in such a festive mood. We cannot be in our packed sanctuary as, as normal as we are familiar with, waving branches and celebration and remembrance of Christ's entry into Jerusalem. This year, we must enter this Palm Sunday with meekness, humility, and a renewed dependence and resolve upon Jesus Christ alone that entered Palm Sunday in meekness and humility for us. This year, we mark it with solemnity while homebound. We can adjust here with our circumstances to view his coming as a king with the sober reality of what he was about to endure to secure the eternal crown for our salvation. With David, it was taking the throne from a weak beginning, facing years of civil war before he was king over all Israel. Verses 12 through 32 of our lesson today records the aftermath of two kings in Israel. We read that the general of each army met at the pool of Gibeon, resulting in a fierce battle. Verse 17 states, And the battle was very fierce that day, and Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. This initial battle marked the beginnings of a heartbreaking war between brothers in Israel. This initial battle closed with these words of, of Abner, Israel's commander, to Joab, the commander of David's army. Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that the end will be bitter? How long will it be before you tell your people to turn from the pursuit of their brothers? At this plea, Joab said this in verse 27, As God lives, if you had not spoken, surely the men would not have given up the pursuit of their brothers until the morning. After this, as we read, they ceased their fighting. We read in our gospel after Jesus entered the city that he met the resistance of the robbers selling and trading in the house of the Lord. He cleaned this area of these sinners and said, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. 
From here, Jesus went forward to face the trials of the coming week, his passion, his suffering, his death upon the cross, and his resurrection, completing the victory against the world, the flesh, and the devil for us. Our Lord suffered all we suffer. He endured all we endure. Through all our tribulations, he is present with us in the midst of our suffering, a very present comfort and help in trouble. David continued, as we will see over the next two chapters, to contend for Israel against those that sought to take the throne of the kingdom for themselves. It was a long ordeal of several years. Yet, as we know from 1 Samuel, God had prepared him for this due to years of struggle against Saul. Nothing comes easy in life. We often hit tough spots, and usually those tough spots are on an individual or family level or sometimes even by a region or a state. Now we live with a world under siege to pandemic. Our call as Christians through this is to be God's loving people through the circumstances he has placed in our own lives with our coworkers, our family, our interactions online or by phone. Our Lord on this day of Palm Sunday entered the city on the first stage of God raising him up after dying on the third day to crown him Lord of all. As, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. As our ascended risen king mediating on our behalf as our advocate and redeemer opening our way to eternal life, he is with us in the midst of our sufferings and our trials. He suffered all we suffer and more, and therefore he alone comforts us. Our call is to earnestly seek him in prayers and supplications through our adversities, knowing he is with us as we endure through his power, through his might. No plight or pandemic can tear us from the loving arms of our dear Redeemer, he alone secured us an eternal redemption by which we do not need to fear, for he is with us through this valley of darkness. We cannot face these challenges alone. They must be faced minute by minute through full reliance upon Jesus Christ. As our psalm related today in verse 8 of how he is our sure hope, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. God alone brings us through the periods of misery by his grace, by his mercy. He alone stops what we can't stop by defeating death through granting us the gift of resurrection to eternal glory and everlasting life in his presence. He alone thwarts all the attacks against us as he thwarted all the attacks against David. He is with us through all we suffer because he suffered for all of us. As we read in Matthew 28, verse 20, promising us all this, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Ultimately, their attacks, while painful to the body and soul, cannot separate us from the love of God for eternity. Nothing can separate us from his love. The world is full of despair, thinking indeed that there's no hope and that surely the sword shall devour forever. For us as Christians, we cling to the hope found in Jesus Christ alone, that he is with us through every part of life, promising to all of us indeed 
that the sword shall not devour forever. Amen.